transformed. How do we go from that to that? And that's kind of what we've been looking at is um, it involves a lot of tools. It involves a lot of processes. It involves a lot of goals. And so I use the gas pump as an illustration to say, okay, so to get from here to here, there's a lot of things that are involved in that, and that's what we've been going through. And we're looking at seven areas of our lives that make us human beings. Um, we've talked about the eternal world, the spiritual world, the fact that we're spiritual beings and that we need to, that our spiritual health is important and that spiritual growth doesn't happen. It's intentional, just like a pump doesn't all of a sudden wake up one. You don't go out one morning and it looks like this. It's a process and it involves a plan and it involves some, some, some implementation of some things and getting rid of some things and adding some things. And so we talked about that as a goal. Then we talked about this idea of your, your eternal world is, is that spiritual world, is to be spiritually healthy, and, and we've been talking about that. Then we've talked about our internal world. That's the, our physical world, our mental world, and our emotional world. Last week we talked about our physical world. We talked about the idea of energy. We talked about the idea of Sabbath, of rest. We talked about the idea of trusting God in our schedules and things like that. And um, we looked at those concepts uh, last week in the physical world. This morning we're going to look at the mental world and we'll talk more about that in a second. And then uh, next week we're going to look at our emotional world and then we're going to shift to our external world. That's our world of relationships, our world of money, our, our world of jobs and how all of that works. And we talked about this idea that they're all interconnected. Um, they, 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 one affects the other, you know, this, this past week. I mean, there's no question. Um, my physical world um, was, I mean, my Fitbit went nuts this week. You know how those things work, don't you? I mean, I don't have a Fitbit. I have the Garmin one. But the way that it works is they keep track of how much walking and activity you do. And then the next day they adjust your goals based on what you did the day before. So the goals that they have for me this week are so unrealistic. You know, it thinks a 9, 10-mile day now is normal. And I'm going, uh, no, it's not. I'm thinking about putting it in the drawer for a week so that then my goals become something like, okay, try to walk a mile this week today. Uh, but, I mean, you know, it, it continually adjusts and changes. So we're, we're talking about this idea in our, in our physical world. And um, this morning we want to talk about our mental world. Um, I think this is a world that we often don't think about. We don't give a lot of attention to. But it is a very important part Good mental health, solid mental health, is, is essential to all the other areas of our life as well. So we kind of want to walk through why it's important, what we do, how we do it. In, in your small groups, what's going to happen is this week you're going to look at, at five keys to helping you manage your, your thinking. Um, this morning we're basically going to look at three choices every day you've got to make. And so that's kind of where we're headed with this. Um, here's why it's important. You don't act without thinking. Every action you have is based on a thought or your mental side of it. How many of you remember when you were raising your kids and you would ask your kids, they'd do something that, okay, I've been told there's three words. So far the list is three words that I use a lot that I can't use anymore. So one of them is, you remember when your kids did something um, unwise? That's a better word. Right? <clears throat> Unwise. And you would look at your children and you would say, what were you thinking? Remember doing this to your kids? And what would they say? 
I don't know. I wasn't thinking. Okay? The reality is this. They were thinking. They were thinking this isn't important. There was still a thought involved in that. They were thinking is this is no big deal. This is okay. There's no problem with this. There was a thought behind what they did. Why? Because thoughts, because actions are always based on thoughts. And that's important for us. So therefore, your thinking often drives how you act or how you respond in any given situation. Every temptation you ever faced starts with your thinking. Romans chapter 7 talks about this. There is a war in your mind every day. And every temptation is based, has a basis in how you think. Peace and joy starts with how you think. This is crucial because what happens is it starts us down a path. So what we want to take a look at this morning is how is it that we think? How is it that we approach stuff? So I want to look at three choices you've got to deal with every day, three things you, you need to implement in your life. Here's the first one. You have to feed your mind with truth. Okay? Just like you get up in the morning, this morning, I, I'd had breakfast. Don't ask what I had because that gets into the health thing from last week. But... Um, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I have a granola bar, orange juice, and a beef stick. Um, <clears throat> that's, that was my breakfast this morning. And then if I remember, I get a banana and a cup of coffee on the way out. Um, but <clears throat> what you feed yourself is important. And one of the things that you have to learn is in your thinking, you have to feed yourself The truth of God's word. Listen to this in Psalm. Listen to what Psalm says. Psalm 119 says it this way. Um, Peyton, throw that up there for me, will you? Um, Psalm 118. I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I put my hope in your word. The psalmist said, look, here's here's how I get started my day. I spend time understanding the promises and claims of God. Someone said there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Now look. We're not a name it and claim it church, okay? I'm not one of those, you know, you know, you give God this and God will bless your socks off and give you this, 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 and this, and this. <clears throat> because I think too many times the name it and claim it prosperity gospel thing is all about us, not about God, okay? So I, 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 I reject that. Well, be careful you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The Bible is full of premise promises. Okay, and here's what I said. There's nothing wrong with claiming the promise as long as you're willing to fulfill the premise. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, God, I'm going to do this so I expect you to do this. Now, I don't expect you to do this so that I get. I expect you to do this because you said you'll do this. For instance, let me give you an example. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge Him premise. You got to do those two things. And then what? What's a promise? He'll direct your path. I'm going to trust God with all my heart. I'm going to acknowledge God in this situation. And I'm going to allow God to direct me. That's a promise. There's no problem claiming that promise. Just fulfill what God says on the front end of it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. Stop trying to solve it yourself. And he'll direct you. He'll make it happen. He'll lead you where you need to go. It's important for us to understand that. And what you and I feed ourselves, what we put into our lives, 
is important. What you put into your mind impacts you. <clears throat> Some of you here struggle with depression. I was, I, I'm with a pastor's group right now, and we're trying to work to get good Christian counselors in Sioux City because there's a, um, one of the guys, Dan Rumberger, who was um, one of the guys in town is leaving town. And so there's a group of us that have got together, and we're trying to work on the lack of good Christian counselors in, in the Sioux City area. And um, one of the things that we did at our last meeting is we were talking about this, and we said, what's really the need? We, we asked ourselves, as pastors, what do we deal with the most? One of the things that came to the top was the issue of depression. That a lot of the pastors in the area are finding out they're dealing with people who are depressed. And one of the observations that we made is, it's worse in winter than it is any other time of the year. And we, we talked about the idea that once spring comes, all of a sudden the load kind of takes off a little bit because it's just something about people getting you know, vitamin, I don't know, what, what is that, vitamin D? Yeah, yeah, D, you know, I don't know, it comes in a bottle. Um, um, you no, know, I know, it comes in the sun, and, you know, sun and tanning beds, I know. Um, no, uh, <clears throat> but I mean, you know, the idea was, and the idea, the idea is, okay, this is what we, you know, this is, this is an issue, but, but, but let me ask you, for some of you who, that might be your struggle, let me ask you something. <clears throat> what do you feed your mind with? Because i got news for you. If you get up in the morning and you have the news channel, the 24-hour news channel on all day, and you get into your car and you listen to some of the talk radio, I would be depressed. You can't absorb that into your world 24-7 and then walk away going, God's on the throne. Some of the magazines that you subscribe to, some of the things that you read that are always anti-this and anti-this and anti-this and anti-this, no wonder you're depressed. Why? You're feeding your mind constantly into that stuff. What do you expect is going to happen? Because I got news for you. You don't walk away from listening to those programs encouraged. You walk away frustrated, angry, mad, and with an agenda. And ultimately depressed. Because those programs, those situations don't offer hope. All they do is present the negative. I'm not saying don't watch them, but I'm saying if that's a steady diet and depression is an issue, put two and two together. For me, I have found that I'm a music person. I'm a 70s music person. It's my Chicago, Boston, those are, you know, people are like, you know, well, Pastor, if you really want to get inspired, what you, Chicago, man, put Chicago on. That'll pet me up like nobody's business. But you know what? Here's what I've learned. I've learned music influences how my emotions and how I feel. So I have learned that I start my day with a certain type of music. <clears throat> if I'm in my office working on my message, I have a different type of music that I listen to. When I'm out in my shop, I have a different type of music that I'm listening to. And when I'm in my MG, I have a whole different kind of music that I listen to. Why? Because it influences my thinking. It influences my mood. It starts to shape that. We'll talk more about that with emotions next week. But I want to challenge you with this idea of you've got to ask yourself... And here's the thing, for some of you, 
And, and it's great that you're doing the, this 40 days deal, this, this deal with the, with the books, and you're reading something about, from Scripture every day now, even if it's just a verse. But aren't you finding out, those of you who are doing it, it does change the way you look at the day? It does remind you, wait a minute, there's a God perspective to this? And that's why I want you to change. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? We're, we have small groups meeting that are going to be talking about this all week. They're going to talk about this. They're reading something every day about the mental part of this. The books are in the back on the table. Grab one if you want to be a part of it. Um, no cost, just grab it. We want you to be a part of it if you can. Um, but that's, that's the idea. You're feeding yourself with that. And it's starting to at least trigger something in your thinking through the day. That's the purpose of it. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to feed your mind with with truth. Here's the second thing. You've got to get rid of the destructive stuff. Look, <clears throat> you got everything going against you. First of all, you got the old nature. The, it says this way. Uh, Romans chapter 5, 8 says this. Um, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Again, this is that idea of what you feed it. And the problem is the old nature is loud and wants more and is all geared to about you. Listen, one of the reasons some of you have found such satisfaction in this past week, because none of this past week was about you. It was about other people. You started focusing not on your flesh, on, on what you needed for you, but on what other, you, 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 you put the focus outward. You have the flesh that's going against you. It's always pulling towards that which will destroy you. You, you have Satan fighting you. We talked about this in Ephesians. The Satan's goal is to destroy you. Um, and that is a battle. We talked about this idea that you have the world. Um, First John says it this way. Here's, here, by the way, you can take any temptation, you can throw it into one of these three categories. First John, everything that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. Every sin you ever face will fall into one of those three categories. If you look at the temptation of Jesus Christ when he was went, let, led into the wilderness to be tempted, here it was. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Those are the three categories. Those are three areas of Satan tempted, even Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ never sinned, but he was tempted in those areas, like as we are, yet without sin. And when we talk about this, this is what Satan's going to hit you with. And everyone's a little different. Everybody has a weakness in one or the other that Satan works at. Um, temptation, basically, remember, Satan's not your friend. All he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy things in your life. That's all he cares about. And the way he's going to do that is he's going to start with your desires. Um, he knows that we all have basic desires, and Satan is going to try to get you to take a shortcut in those desires. He's going to get you to question God. Is that not what he did with Eve? Comes to Eve and he says, look, Eve, you know why God doesn't want you to eat that tree, don't you? Because God knows that the day you eat that tree, you're going to be like him. And he doesn't want anybody like him. He's trying to hold something back from you, Eve. You need to eat of that tree so you can know what he knows. That was a temptation. God's holding something back from you. That's what Satan will do. He'll say, look, kids, listen to me. You don't need to wait. You don't need to wait until you're married. God's keeping something great from you. No, God's protecting you. That's why he sets up rules and guidelines like that. 
That's why God says, look, don't let anything control you. You get to the point that alcohol controls you or habit controls you. Listen, that's a dangerous place to be. Because you've allowed that to take over in your life. And, 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 and God says, look, it's not I'm trying to hold something back from you. I'm trying to do what's best for you. I created you. I designed you. I know how you best run. I know that anger is not something you want to keep inside of you. I know that bitterness is something that will destroy you. So get rid of it and stay away from it. I know that losing your temper will not, there will not, good will not come from you losing, blowing your cork and losing control. So therefore control your anger. Be slow to speak, quick to hear. Listen before you talk, what he says. And then <clears throat> Satan's ultimate goal is to deceive you, to trick you, to get you to think that it's something that it's really not. Um, one of the things I love to do, one of my most things that I love, I don't, I don't get to do it a lot, but when I do, I love it, is I love to fish. Um, and I love to fish. Now, some of you, I mean, you take fishing to a whole other level. I have no desire for that. Okay? Um, God bless you, you know, some wilderness cabin with no running water and, 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 and living off of the fish that you catch. I would starve to death because I like catch and release. But anyway, I, <clears throat> I like the little farm ponds in Iowa. That's like my favorite little places, okay? Um, when I worked for the nursing home um, uh, doing computer stuff for them, one of my jobs was to purchase the computers for the nursing home. <clears throat> so I went to the administration. I, what would happen is I would purchase them, and then this was a long time ago. They would reimburse me then. So I, I, I was purchased enough of them. I put them on a credit card, and then when the credit card bill came in, the nursing home would reimburse me and stuff like that. So we're fine. So I went to the administration and said, do you care what kind of card I put this on? No, no, no. This was before they gave you, like, dollar points, okay, for it. But they gave me, they gave you points to buy stuff. And Bass Pro Shop had a card. And so what I would do is I'd put all the computers on Bass Pro Shop card, and then every couple of months, I would place an order at Bass Pro Shop and use all my points to pay for it. I have some of the most incredible collection of lures that you have ever seen, okay? You know, because I wouldn't worry about the price. I was just worried about, will it catch fish? So using that as an example, let me introduce you to a few of my favorite lures um, <clears throat> and explain to you how they work with fishing, Okay. My all-time favorite is what's called a Rapala. This is the one that I like the most in these little farm ponds. Throw that one up there. You, you're going to know what these are. I don't have to tell you which one's which. Okay. Um, this happens to be, uh, this is a Rapala. It's a floating lure. Uh, it's made to look like a perch. And it's a shallow diving lure, so it goes three to five feet. When you start cranking it in, the lip is made to go about three to five feet, and it planes off. And then... What you do is you stop cranking, and it slowly floats its way back up, and then it goes back down. And what it's mimicking is a fish that's hurt. And some of the newer ones, they have actually, they, put, they started putting red hooks on them so that the, they think that the, the little fish is injured and then that, that it got a better shot at biting it. Um, <clears throat> but what it's trying to do is it's trying to get to mimic the idea of an injured perch or an injured fish, that, and, and you work the lure that way. And so what happens is, Preferably a largemouth bass sees it and goes, hey, that looks good. I'm after that one. And you know what? It's injured, so I got a better shot at it. So I'm going to go get it. And I've caught a lot of, actually there's another color that I like even better than this, but I've caught a lot of 
bass off of this, you know. Um, I mean, that 35-pound bass that I caught. Um, <laughs> those of you who fish know better. Um, but anyway, so, so that's one of my lures. Let me show you another one. This one is, I introduced, I actually introduced Peyton to this one, and this became one of his favorites. Um, this is a hula popper. Um, this floats on the top of the water, and the front of the lure is designed so that what you do is you pull it real quick, and what it does is it, it makes this big, and it goes across the water doing that. And what happens is, if you throw it over top, particularly a bass that's spawning, it ticks them off. And they get mad because they're trying to sit there quietly, and it, and you keep throwing it in the same spot, and they get mad enough sometimes, they're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut that thing up. There's a lot of human analogies here, but we're not going to go there. Okay? <clears throat> so you try, to, you, try to, you try to trick the fish so that the fish responds out of anger is what you're after for that one. Okay? Um, <clears throat> the other one, and I, this, it pains me to put this lure up. Okay? Because when the hula popper hasn't worked... And the Rapala hasn't worked. Chad Ho, for one year, introduced me to this lure and said, I guarantee you'll catch fish off this. And, I, you know, I mean, first of all, that Chad was right is just so painful. <laughs> it is so painful. But he's right, and I've caught some decent, fun fish off of this. This is called a MEP spinner. And what it does is, as it goes to the rim, it spins, and it's got shiny stuff on it. And it is designed so that as a bass is swimming along and it sees this shiny thing moving quickly through the water, it goes, it doesn't think. It just grabs it. It's like, oh, that looks like... It it doesn't take time to think it through. It just grabs at the lure because it's shiny and it's got its attention. Okay? These are some of the ways that you catch fish. And you design, you, you pick the lure, and I have all of these, by the way, I've done many colors and many sizes. Um, <clears throat> um, oh, man. Well, I haven't worked in a home for a long time. Um, but I still have a lot of these. Um, because I buy them and my wife doesn't know about it. Uh, so anyway, but I, I have a bunch of these. I have a whole set of these now. Uh, anyway, here's the thing. Depending on what you're trying to fish for, you pick the lure to try to trick the fish, depending if the fish is spawning, I like the hula popper. If it's a hot day, um, I'll actually use a Texas rig rubber worm on the bottom. It just depends. You adapt. Let me ask something. How do you think Satan tricks and deceives you? He knows what your buttons are. And if you're not thinking, you respond out of anger, hula popper's got you. Respond real quick. Maps. Think you can take advantage of a situation? Rapala. Works the same way for us. And Satan knows that. That's why it's so important that you and I get rid of things that are destructive in our lives and that are not helping us. Because they will trip us up. And for some of you, you, you don't have a healthy way of thinking on things because you are filling your mind with things that are destroying you. Listen, I can only handle critical people for so long. 
So I limit the amount of critical people that are in my life. Now, I'm a pastor, so a lot of times I get people who are, who are, who are critical. I ran into a situation this week where somebody wanted to be really critical about the job that the volunteers and I were doing. And I looked at them and said, stop. I said, there's two choices. We can stay here and talk about this, or we can go and fix your house. What do you want to do? Well, I guess we'll go and fix the house. Yeah, good idea. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this. I'm not going to stand here and let you talk about the people who are helping you that way either. Um, that's not going to happen with me. Because I can go to the next house and they'll be appreciative. So you decide what you want to do here. Because that's the way you have to handle situations like that. I'm not going to allow some... I wasn't going to put people in a critical environment to work in when they're already tired and exhausted and, and, and beat up from just the physical part of this and then expose them to the emotional. It's like, okay, you're going to stop this right now. This is destructive. This is not helpful. Change or we move. You go, well, that sounds like you're really, really cruel. Well... It's needed to be signed. I'm not candy. Okay? <laughs> not candy. Okay? <clears throat> and that's important for us to understand. And when you find yourself in destructive situations, you either stop it or you remove yourself from it. Okay? And some of you in this thinking thing, that's what's happened, is, you know, we've spent the whole week, we've spent the whole week getting rid of stuff that's going to ruin homes. Hauling out all kinds of junk that will destroy the home if we don't get it out. Some of your minds and thinking are flooded with destructive stuff you need to start hauling out and getting rid of. Okay? You really do. So, you feed your mind with truth, you get rid of the garbage, and then here's the last thing you do. You focus on healthy stuff. You focus on healthy stuff. Listen to the way Paul says it um, to the Corinthian people. <clears throat> um, what is that? Second uh, Corinthians. <clears throat> For though we live in the world, we don't wage wars the world does. We don't do an eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. In other words, we don't act like they do. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense, pretension that sets itself up against the kingdom of God. And here's the key. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we bring our thinking in control with what God has for us. I think there's a couple things that it involves. Here's the first one. I think the first one's the idea you've got to keep your focus on Christ. We talked about this last week. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He gives me everything I need. We have to get back to keeping our focus on Christ. I know it's, I know it's a... I know, uh, you know, we made bracelets and they made a whole business out of it and all that. But the idea of what would Jesus do, how would Jesus handle this situation is something you need to think about. You're struggling with that business thing you've got to figure out right now? Okay, if Christ was in the position you are, how would he handle it? You're struggling with how your spouse is treating you or not treating you, how would Christ handle that? You're struggling with whatever it is, you've got to step back and ask yourself, you know what, honestly, how would Christ handle that? What, what needs to be done there? That'll give you a pattern to think like God thinks. Second thing is this. You've got to stop focusing on yourself. <clears throat> you have to make it about other people. Some of you have seen that this week. Some of you have found that this week, as you helped other people, your problems, your issues, mentally, you've been healthier this week than you have in a long time. You know why? Because you're not focusing on you. And when you spend your life, when you spend week after week or day after day doing that, 
going into work and not making about getting a paycheck or not making about making the boss happy, going to work with the idea of who can I help to here today? Who can I go maybe drop a cup of coffee off to their desk? Who can I stop and ask, hey, how you doing? Who can I look for that I know is struggling? You know? Who can I find in my workplace that's having a hard time financially? Can I go buy some groceries and have somebody, a friend of theirs, put it in their car and not know who it's from? And encourage them that knowing that there's somebody at work that cares about them? Who can I drop a note to? Who can, I, who, who, can I, who can I text or who can I call or who can I email or who can I do something to encourage them? How can I make it about somebody other than me? It's important. Last thing is this. And um, it's in, uh, I got to look at it. I got to look at it, Peyton. Uh, it's that last page, 1 Corinthians 2. Nope, the next one. I jumped past that one and the next, and I jumped past that one. There we go. 1 Corinthians 2, here, here it is. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You and I have got to get to the point that we have an eternal perspective on things. You are here at best 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years, and you're gone. When you drop that in the bucket of eternity, that's just a blimp. It's just a rest stop. And we spend so much time focusing on those years that we forget there's a much bigger picture at play here. I want to illustrate it this way. Every year, my family and I go out to South Dakota at the Black Hills. We started this about 10 years ago. You need to know that I love the hills. There is no place. Um, I have never, ever thought about leaving here as a pastor. But last year when I was in the Black Hills, it popped up that in Spearfish, they needed a pastor at a Baptist church. And I'm, I'm going, huh, really? You know, God, are you speaking to me? No, he wasn't. Um, but, <laughs> but if he was, he wouldn't have, you know, that would be, you know, there's no other place. But like I said, I love the hills. I love, 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 love the hills. Is the one place that I can recharge and refresh, and I just have a whole nother, it's, a whole, it's like a whole new me when I get to the hills. Okay? Now, on the way to the hills every year, we, we, we face a major family dilemma. And the major, what's that? The major family dilemma is, do we stop at Waldrug? Okay? I've been to Waldrug once. That's enough. Um, I, don't, I don't even think I bought the bumper sticker, but... Um, we stop at Waldrug because you can't go through South Dakota to the hills without having stopped at Waldrug one time in your life. So every year we decide, you know, it's about the right spot. Do we stop at Waldrug? Okay. For those of you who don't know, this is Waldrug. This is what it looks like. If you've never seen it. Okay. That's it. Okay. You're like, really? That's it. Okay. And, and Waldrug's a, a major, the, one of the best marketing campaigns in all the world is Waldrug. I'm telling you, these people were brilliant. But anyway. <clears throat> now, let's say that this year is going to be unique because we're taking Claire. So, do we stop at Waldrug? Yes. Waldrug for a three-year-old. Three-and-a-half-year-old. Okay? I mean, you can imagine. So, yes, we're going to stop at Waldrug. Now, we usually spend, we usually leave on Mondays. We usually come back on Saturday or Sunday from the hills. Okay? What if this year we got to Waldrug and I said, you know what? 
This is so awesome. We're going to spend five days at Waldrop. And then we're going to drive out to our cabin and we're going to stay for a night and we're going to drive back. But we're going to spend five days at Waldrop. You would look at me, and I came back, and you said, yeah, we went out to the hills. We spent five days at Wall Drug. You'd look at me like, you are not wise, okay? <laughs> you are not wise, okay? Um, um, you are not wise, uh, because no one spent five days at Wall Drug. I mean, it's Wall Drug. You know why I don't spend a lot of time at Wall Drug? Because this is where I'm going. Go to that next slide. Okay? This is Rock Falls, Spearfish Canyon, one of my favorite places out in the hills. Okay? Uh, Rough Lock Falls, I'm sorry. Rough Lock Falls in Spearfish Canyon. Go there every year. Uh, last year I got to go on my motorcycle. It was even more amazing. This is where I'm headed. This is what I want to get to. This is where I want to spend five, six days. Not Wall Drug. Your life on this planet is Waldrub. This isn't where we're headed, and this isn't what it's all about. This is a quick stop on the way to that. You and I cannot fathom what God has prepared for us past this planet. You and I cannot comprehend the opportunity that we have to impact other people so that they can experience this too. The whole purpose of our life is to prepare others and share with others the opportunity to go here. And we spend all of our time at Wall Drug going, this is so great, I want to hang on to it as long as I want to stay here as long as I can. I want to embrace Wall Drug. And you look at me and go, that's crazy. Yeah. Because this isn't what it's about. My time here, I get to do two things. I get to focus on two things that I think are eternal. God's word and people. Those are what have an opportunity to go here. And I want to share God's word and Christ and a resurrected Jesus with as many people as I can so they get to experience this for all of eternity. We need to spend a little less time at Wall Drug and focus more on where we're going. I like Wall Drug. Don't get me wrong. They have ice cream. Any place that has ice cream, I'm fine with. Okay? And you know what? It's going to be fun. Because here's the, also the reality of it. You know what? Claire may enjoy this, but she doesn't live in the crazy adult world yet to really appreciate this. She's going to be fascinated with Waldrug. The people we run shoulders with all week long, they're fascinated with all of that because they don't understand this. And our goal is to share with them this. And the way to get here. And to spend less focus on this. And more focus on that. This is temporary folks. That's permanent. And I just want to challenge you as you head into this week. As you start getting wrapped up in all of the world stuff that's going on. 
keep your thinking clear on where you're headed and what it take and what's involved in helping other people get there. That's the real focus. Not the pit stop along the way that we call life here. This is just a short stop to what really matters and to what real and that's what Paul's saying. He says you have no comprehension. I want you to think for a moment about the most beautiful scene that you've ever seen in the world. For me, I know exactly what it is. Standing on the shore at Papua New Guinea, watching the sunrise or the sunset over that ocean is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. It is nothing compared to what awaits me for all of eternity. It is one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen in my life. It pales in comparison. Whatever struggle you have in this world, for all of eternity, that's as hard as it'll ever get. That's it. Whatever you're struggling with, that's, that's as bad as it'll ever get for all of eternity. But if you reject Christ, the best day you ever have in this world is the best day you'll ever have for all of eternity. You won't get to experience this. The Bible's very clear about that. You go, oh, you're one of those guys that believes in hell? Well, here's the thing. If you look at the teaching of Jesus, which I believe, he speaks more of hell than he does of heaven. Read it for yourself. I don't like it. I wish it wasn't in the Bible. But the bottom line is this. Every time your heart beats, every breath you take is another opportunity to accept God's free gift. If you're going to spend all your time on this planet saying, no, 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 God. God has no choice but to look at you and say, you know what? I can't help you. I offered eternal life for you. I paid the price. I did it all. All you had to do was say yes. And many on that day will say, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? And I'll say, depart from me. I didn't know you. I'm headed here. This time right here, I enjoy, but I ain't living for here. It's not about here. When I get to, to, to Rough Lock Falls this year, and I enjoy it, and I appreciate the time, I'll stop at Waldrug this year. And you know what? I'm going to get out of Waldrug as fast as I can. Because that's not where I want to get. And that's not my focus. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Let's make sure we keep eternity in mind and minimize this, how much we make of this big world. Because sometimes I think we're like the person who spends five days in Waldron and says, what a great vacation. And we don't want to be those kind of people. So I end it this way. Healthy thinking requires healthy input. Many of us need to get rid of some unhealthy ways of thinking. We need to start thinking new, healthy patterns of thinking. We need to spend more time focused on God and the needs of others. And we've got to remind ourselves, this world is temporary.